Hello and welcome back to the all new, all different number one comics podcast. We are doing the we read a comic. I, I always, I, I, I never know exactly how to uh, phrase this when I introduce it. I don't know, sub show, bonus show, bonus episode. We'll call it a bonus episode. Why the hell not? Either way, I'm Dan. I am here with my uh, two guest co-hosts today, Benny and Yiding. How are you guys? How's it going? Doing pretty good, Dan. Yeah, no complaints here. <laughs> really awesome to have both of you guys here. This is cool because I always would, you know, I, I always tell everybody, like, I would love to have, like, a few people on and have a discussion. And it's always hard to get that to line up. You know, like, everybody's got such different schedules and everything. And we're, like, all over the place. I know uh, you're on the West Coast, uh, Yiding, and Benny, you're off somewhere in the Great White North. And uh, I'm here in sunny Florida, so we're we're like kind of all over the place but that's okay because we're meeting here and uh, talking about comic books so that's super fun but yeah like i said this is the we read a comic podcast and we definitely read a comic that is for sure um we're gonna talk about it in just a few minutes but i definitely want to introduce the book or rather benny you suggested this book can you please introduce it and like tell me why you suggested it all right, yeah. Um, so today we read All the Devils Are Here, coming from Scout Comics. Uh, we have Jared Lujan writing and Matt Harding as the artist. I looked a bit into Matt Harding, but I couldn't find some background um, uh, stuff on him. This seems to be the only thing he's worked on so far, but Lujan has worked on Crash and Troy and Dry Foot. But this story, a quick synopsis, a Mr. Garcia is an exorcist and he has been summoned to go help somebody um, exercise a demon. And in doing so, he has to enter a mindscape of uh, the person who is possessed, um, who happens to be schizophrenic, which we'll probably deep a uh, bit into later into the episode. And... In the mindscape, he has to fight along some memories to fight a demon called Corson. And along with him, uh, Mr. Garcia, also non known as Eater, are three demons that come in green, yellow, and uh, red text boxes. Each of the demons have a bit of their own personality, with green being somewhat supportive, yellow being uh, somewhat obstinate and rude at times, and red downright bestial. But they help him with uh, some summoning tools, and together they have to fight uh, quite literally hand-to-hand -hand with some demons. <laughs> I I love that, too, because uh, JC's, you know, little nickname in there is the Eater and or Eater, and like the whole time I'm sitting here wondering why the hell are they calling this guy the eater? What's what's going on with that name and everything. And then we get like right towards the end of the book and it starts to make a little more sense, but uh, yeah, pretty, pretty wacky reveal on the name there. Um, Benny, do you have like any history with this book? Did you read it when it first came out or were you a part of the, I just had recently realized and getting, I don't know if you knew about this or not. Uh, we talked a little bit off air of course, but um, this was like a Kickstarter first before it got picked up by scout. So were either of you like involved in the history of this at all? Do either of you like contribute to the Kickstarter or anything? No. Before uh, Benny mentioned the book, uh, I it was not on my radar at all. At all. So. Gotcha. Yes, I actually was just um, wandering around the local comic shop, and the cover was so striking to me that I just had to know what the inside was. It um, depicts. Uh, Missed or oh, the eater um, in a profile picture with half of his face kind of flaring off. I'll um, might not be good quality, but I can hold up a picture here of the main cover that uh, mm -hmm. I found just extremely striking, and I was really happy going forward with a lot of the artwork we can get into a little bit. But it was a real the just seeing the cover and having to know what's on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I always love that because I don't know, obviously I'm a little bit older than both of you guys, so I'll, I'll throw that out there, but <laughs> a little bit, but um, I always love, you know, picking things up just based on like not knowing anything about it. That's one of my favorite things. Like I remember being, you know, like a teenager and, and stuff and going to 
you know, dig through CDs and stuff like that. And just, you know, picking something based on the cover, like knowing nothing about the band, knowing nothing about what was inside and the same thing with comics. And it's always fun because sometimes you can find these really cool, like hidden gems that you would have never checked out before. Sometimes you find some absolute shit that, you know, you you want to toss out, but it's, it's a risk and it's fun. Like that's always fun. So that's like a cool way of uh, uh, browsing through comics. Benny, I really, really dig that. So, Again, we were talking about this a little bit off air. And like I said, it was Kickstarter first. It got picked up by Scout and everything. This book is like in the comic book news, zeitgeist, everything this week. And uh, again, we just talked about it before we hit record. Benny, you did not know that when you suggested this book. So, and, and really, to tell you the truth, you suggested the book before it was, before the news was out there. So I think after you suggested the book and then, you know, I went to pick up my copy, went to do a little bit more research about it and stuff like that. I just happened to be in, in, in a, you know, online comic book group where they talk about comic books, a little bit of speculation and all that. And an article started popping up and I was like, well, that's a damn coincidence that, you know, we're talking about this book this week and there's articles about it. So uh, Benny, what I wanted to tell you about it, and I'm sure eating wants to, you know, interject a little bit here and talk about some of it too. Some of the stuff that he knows, but this book is a big, like, I, I can't say controversy, but the, the subject, you know, or whatever uh, of, of what's going on with the book is it's because of scout comics who, who published this book. And the problem is the creator posted, I don't know if it was on X or Instagram or something. It, it was somewhere like some, some kind of uh, Avenue online that they hadn't heard from scout comics since the book got published. They haven't been paid for the book. Uh, the book was delivered on time. They're seeing like pretty good sales from it and everything, but they haven't gotten any actual sales figures from the publisher. And again, they hadn't got paid. So uh, from there, Scout put out a statement too. And eating, I don't know if you looked at any of the statements that Scout put out. I have not. No, no. Okay. No so the, I do. Good. Okay, cool, cool. So this is breaking news to everyone. Um, but yeah, Scout put out a statement, you know, kind of saying like, yeah, we messed up. We, we are the bad guys here. We haven't been responsive to our creators. Uh, we take this really seriously, blah, blah, blah. Here's a person that you can get a hold of if you're a, a creator and we haven't gotten back with you and, and, and all of this. You know, kind of like a blanket, sorry, a blanket statement like that. Well, uh, the creator here, and again, let me pull up his first name. So, uh, Jared, uh, Jared, the creator here, you know, uh, posted again, you know, as a response to that. And he was like, yeah, uh, I've reached out to to the CEO or, or whoever the person is, um, you know, and, and yeah, I followed up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm still not getting in any follow through here. So even after scout came out with this statement, uh, you know, kind of apologizing for the whole thing, Jared still has not heard anything from anybody. So this is kind of a pretty big deal. Pretty crazy that a publisher would, you know, kind of screw around somebody like that. I mean, we all, the three of us know, uh, comic book, uh, writers, artists, all that, are pretty damn underpaid like they're not you know making oh, millions yeah. of dollars or anything they're definitely you know depend on the on the check from turning in their projects on time and everything and and jared was very forward about that hey i did my work i turned everything in on time like i don't know what the issue is here so that's pretty screwed up uh kind of sucks you know i i didn't know i i have look i have lots of scout books but i don't know much about scout as a publisher i don't know if either of you do Oh, no, I'm uh, pretty new to them, but I am very glad to hear that Jared is going very public um, yeah. about this kind of thing, because as uh, a creator it, in this kind of day and age, it can be very difficult to work with your company. Um, I know companies like YouTube are very notorious for being hard to communicate with um, oh, yeah. for a lot of uploaders. and you need to have a very prominent voice a lot of times just to see any kind of resu results uh, whenever you want to see a bit of change. And it kind of feels like uh, creators get yanked around uh, on a chain a lot by uh, the corporate ladder. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I don't know, just some pretty crazy news. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought, getting uh, is that what you, was that your experience? Is that what, the same thing that you read? Do you have anything like, you know, different you wanted to add to that part of the conversation or? Uh, I think one thing that's worth mentioning is mm -hmm. that um, he uh, so so Luhan mentioned that like you know when he was like going back and forth to Scout about this like one thing like that Scout did was they threatened him by saying like you know if oh. you go public 
with this, you know, we're going to blacklist you from the, oh from them comics. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I see. Like, I hadn't even like dug uh, enough in the trenches to, to see things like that. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's insane. Oh, and this is not like, you know, this is not the first time you've heard, you know, you hear story, you hear stories about like, like this, you know, this is not the first time I've, you've heard, I've heard something like this. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I can't remember like, the who and the what now at this moment but like you know I, this is something like that's almost word for word like what's happened in the past you know where like a creator would like you know not be not not get not be getting paid and you know like when they were like discussing it with the publisher the publisher would threaten like blacklisting i think um i think steve leeper mentioned that um mm -hmm. uh about like a publisher that he worked with in the past uh, or maybe i'm thinking of somebody else but yeah you know this, this, this is definitely like an age-old story sadly you know yeah, it's sad, especially that you could work with a publisher. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that Scout is any huge publisher or anything like that, but you know, at least in my local comic book shop, like in my area and everything, uh, Scout books are always out. You know, the, they, they always have Scout books. I, I pick up Scout books, like I said. Uh, you know, there's quite a few that I read and everything. So it's not like they're like some super small, like indie publisher, like '90s, like kitchen sink or anything like that. Like you know, their their books are out there. We all you know, have pretty much have access to them and everything. So like, I'm wondering how their deals, uh, you know, how, how they're dealing with these creators. Like, are they, uh, are, are they signing contracts and agreements and stuff? Are they doing like a gentleman's handshake over the internet? Like what's going on here? Pretty crazy. Uh, and it is really terrifying to just see um, artists sometimes smothered or blacklisted. Uh, like yeah. I said, eating it's, just um, to see it sometimes kills the creative spark for some people um, where it just disheartens people purely because of the business side aspect of um, selling comics. Mark yeah. Wade, he, um, he, he wrote about this on social, he responded to this whole thing on social media. And, and like one thing that he pointed out, I think like, is very much like worth keeping in mind for creators is he said, nobody in comics has the power to blacklist you like mm -hmm. not even like some head honcho at marvel and dc can blacklist you i mean the worst thing to do is blacklist you from their company like nobody has that kind of reach within the industry to like blacklist you like from other publishers sure yeah run, run over to image you know go to you know somewhere else absolutely sad though like really really sad and and again like i don't want to hijack the whole conversation obviously we want to talk about the book too uh, and, and definitely talk about the, you know, work that the creators put in, because that's what's important here. But yeah, it's just a, a really sad scenario, really, really crazy. And I just, I can't believe that that's going down, you know, in 2024, like in modern comics, that's so insane that that's what's happening there. So I, I talk to a lot of creators, you know, I have people on the show all the time uh, who, who have been doing this for years and years and years. And then I've got people who just put out their first book and everything. And, and like you just pointed out, Benny, and... Uh, you know, you're, you're a, I don't know, an up and coming creator, you published your first book or something and you get jerked around. Like, I mean, that's going to kind of taint the whole experience for you. Are you going to want to go back and do it again after that? You know, maybe not. Like yeah. some people might, we might be losing some potential like masterpieces because of this. That sucks. Uh, really, really bad. So anyways, I just wanted to get that out there. That's, that's all my thoughts on it. And uh, you know, if, if either of you have anything else you want to say about it, please do. But, you know, if not, then we'll just go ahead and move on and talk about the book. I am very glad we uh, put aside <laughs> some time to talk about that because publication is a really big part of um, this hobby for all mm -hmm. of us. And it's good to kind of keep an eye on just how the general things are moving around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, really, really good to, you know, keep it out there and, and uh, keep that information, you know, Get it out to the public and everything and like you said eating uh you know i'm glad that there's you know big creators and out there sorry out there and stuff responding to this and giving their input and everything because you know it does take that uh some of these people might be very very scared that they uh, i'm sure for jared he's probably terrified he had to go on on social media or whatever on the internet and blast his publisher but shit, i mean the dude's got to get paid for his work so uh just crazy um so so getting back over to the book here I do. I, I you gave your uh, rundown of it, Vinny. I do want to read the synopsis just from Scout, uh, really quick, just so you know, everyone listening can have like a little bit of you know context from the I, I don't know that side of it. Um, Joe is an elderly dementia patient that becomes possessed with a powerful demon. 
In order to save him, an unconventional and mysterious exorcist, J.C. Garcia must venture into his mind. Once inside, he finds far more than he bargained for, an ever-changing hellscape created by a fusion of Morris's and the demon's memories that brings J.C. face-to-face with his own traumatic past. All the Devils Are Here reinvents the exorcism story with a unique emotional tale about the power of love, loss, and memory. So that is their synopsis that they, you know, use their, uh, I don't know, uh, description they used to sell the book on. Um, Let's talk about the book because this is, I definitely had to read this. I read this book three times to really kind of get in my head what was going on because I'm not going to lie. I I do like it, but it's very abstract in in places. Um, It's not super conventional. I mean, once you break down the story, it's 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 a conventional, straightforward story, but there's a lot of abstract stuff going on as well. Um, what uh, I don't even know how to ask this question. What was your narrative takes on it? <laughs> Is it definitely so, the kind of story where um, you don't really get the full picture, like you don't really understand the shape of it until you reach the end, yeah. at which point it sort of all coheres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did feel um, like a lot of strings kind of flailing around for a little bit, but near the end of it, tying together in um, in a narrative, we talked a little bit how the patient um, who's possessed is schizophrenic and he has demons possessing him. So his mindscape is very chaotic and can sometimes be a little weird to follow, but I do think uh, Matt Harding is good at paneling and leading the eye from one sequence to another, um, which can be very helpful in action scenes. Well, let me point this out or, or pose this to you guys. At first, when I read this story, I was like, this probably isn't for me. It's a little too disjointed. It's, it's very abstract. There's a lot going on. But once I really put myself in the headspace of, of the story that they were trying to tell here, which is, again, like if you take it for, you know, straightforward as it is, it is an exorcism story based on a dementia patient and, uh, you know, who, who's made a pact with, you know, a demon or a devil or, or, you know, something in that realm and it needs to be exercised. So this guy comes in and, and exercises that. But again, we get into that hellscape of, of what's going on through and it's it's hard for me to you know probably explain this but he he basically creates this this portal you know uh to to go inside his dementia patient's mind and and kind of what's going on and everything so he gets in there and like you said he's he's schizophrenic he's got you know uh, what four is it three i I guess i guess four all together because him and then the other three voices uh going on so that's I mean, this story has to be disjointed and, and very chaotic. Uh, there's no other way to tell it because, again, our our hero is schizophrenic. He's he's talking to multiple voices in his head, and he's in a dementia patient's mind who's possessed by a demon. So there's so much crazy stuff going on here. Like it's like, how can we like pack this and pack this and pack this in to where it's just batshit crazy? Because there's so much insanity going on. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, such a weird tale. Small point of order. I'm, I'm not sure that um, Garcia is actually schizophrenic. I think that might just be the patient. Garcia, oh, really? the main okay, lead, okay. might just be possessed by a couple minor demons. I'm not okay, sure. Okay. I, I don't think that's more of a... I think that's more of a magical situation than a medical condition for him at the moment. Okay, but okay. he does... He does have voices in his head one way or another um, that mm-hmm. do tell him conflicting things that he does have to uh, put up with. So it is a bit of a simile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, good. Yeah, I, I didn't even catch that. That's what I assumed, you know, was going on. But uh, yeah, maybe there's some uh, context I didn't get there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so interesting. I want to talk about the art definitely because like, I mean, you, you were kind of just saying, uh, but it's it's Matt, um, and again, we'll get Matt Harding uh, here who did the art. <clears throat> the art, uh, it's, it's very chaotic. Uh, there's, especially when we get to the hellscape and everything, there's so much 
craziness going on, so much atmosphere and everything. It, it looks really cool. I really, really dig this art a lot. I think it's a really good uh, compliment to to Jared's writing and everything. Some of the, you, you can tell that the guy's like very versatile uh, because you know in the calm scenes and everything and, and the stuff where we're seeing the patient like in the bed before we like really go into uh, that hellscape in his mind and everything. Some some really good art, and then the more fantastical stuff is just crazy. It's just it's crazy. You, you never know what to expect. How about this demon that's that's in the dude's mind? Corson uh, is that the demon's name? Is that Corson? Yeah. Okay, Corson. Uh, I mean, the character design on that dude. Like, what the hell's going on there? <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about how Corson looks. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah, this artist absolutely went to town with some of the designs. Like the demon <laughs> designs here. Like you know, they are just. He had no reason. He had no need to go this hard, but I'm glad he did. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah, this main demon, uh, Corson, he has a dashing purple outfit with red highlights, um, big thick arms with a bunch of eyes popping out, uh -huh, right. and a somewhat skeleton uh, face with the top half drawn back and a floating eye in the middle. And it really is, um, I think, inspired demon design. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially yeah. the face, you know, that, that face <laughs> yeah. i mean that face is out there yeah I, I i was trying to figure out the whole time you know what 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 do i have to grasp onto here like i'm not like i, I mean and, and i'm cool with that you know it's very abstract like we're in a you know hellscape like we're in another dimension basically so anything can happen but i was like what do i what do i go to here you know like i don't have like that that traditional face to look at or anything there's no uh, features or anything. This character is very, very weird. Like you were saying, Vinny, has got like, I don't know, it, it's almost like he has some wool or something on his arm with a bunch of eyes stuck in it. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue other than maybe Matt was just like, this is a, this is a effed up demon. Let me make it like insane looking. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we got notes from Jared on, on what Jared wanted or what. There, There's a scene towards the end Hopefully you guys will recall this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and it's when JC is like climbing up some stairs or something. And maybe it's not quite towards the end, but maybe it's in the latter half. But uh, JC turns around and like half of his face is missing. And there's like red, uh, like a red void. Does anybody recall that? Yeah. I um, was looking I at that. And that looks there. to be, that happens a couple times. And I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that's, um, whenever he's walking through one of the red portals mm -hmm. it just shows him midway of walking through the portal where half okay, of him okay. is on the other side already <laughs> good i'm glad that you were able to answer that because i wasn't too sure i was like did he just scrape half of his face off like what happened uh that's a that's a very like effective special effect basically like, you know you could they could have just like handled it the way like you would a typical like scene of somebody going through a portal you know and we know mm -hmm. we all we all know what that looks like i don't need to describe yep. it we see yep. it at the times but you know this way with like with the with the part that's gone through a portal like shown as like cut off you know mm -hmm. that's just there's a sense of like wrongness and there's a disturbing quality to it that like really fits the fact that this is taking place in this sort of like hellish dreamscape you know? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You, you look at um, other modes of teleportation in media and you have Nightcrawler's BAMF where he disappears in um, a puff of smoke and that's demonic in, in its own right. And you have Star Trek where they're like disintegrated particle by particle and beamed to another planet. And there's a lot of fun things you can do with teleportation depiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, this is cool. This is a really cool rendering of that. I, I really, I really like that a lot. I think Actually, um, speaking of speaking of X-Men, um, are you guys, this, what this reminds me of is, of is uh, have ever, have either of you read um, House of X, like the original Hickman yes. series? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, of, you know, in House of X, that's how that's how the artists were, you know, portraying like in House of X and the other early stuff. I think that's how the artists were portraying the uh, the characters like going through the uh, the Krakoan portals, where they were depicted the same way, where like like the portal itself would like the the frame of the portal, the circle would be like you know visible, but like 
there would be nothing inside there. Like when you when the artist like drew it, it'd be like completely transparent. You just you just see what's on the other side. There's there wasn't any glowing like screen or anything like that. It would just look like a hollow circle, you know. And like you look through it, and it's like it's like there's nothing there. But once the characters like step through, then you know, like when their arm went through or whatever, then the arm would be cut off. And okay. that was yeah. um, it is very similar to the Cocoan Gates. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah, I, I did. Except, that was um, even there. Red and yeah. demonic. Yeah, huh. and I yeah. always thought that's <laughs> such a that's such a cool effect, and you know, it really stands out compared to all like other kinds of like portal depictions. And it's something that got lost over time for whatever reason. Maybe like they it just wasn't working. It was like hard to like hard to stage or whatever. I don't know. But like over time, like the the X Men books, like just stopped doing that, and like they just start drawing it as a typical portal where like mm -hmm. this glowing, this big glowing circle, and like and I just thought, oh, that's a shame that that they lost that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're right, and yeah, thank you for pointing that out because I had completely. There's been so much. I don't know. X whatever whatever Krakoan age x books that we got to tie in you know the powers of x house of 10 whatever all, all that stuff going on and um yeah uh I, I guess somewhere along the line they did they did kind of switch that up like uh, maybe it was just that artist's interpretation a few times at the beginning but yeah uh really really cool uh, this is this is so interesting i don't know like what to link it to or anything have you guys ever seen i'm I'm not big on like exorcist stories. Like I've seen the exorcist, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose and maybe like, maybe like two or three more other exorcism, you know, types of things. I can't recall too many exorcism comics. There was like the exorcisters, which I remember reading like the first issue of, but I didn't go beyond that. Is there any other depictions of like exorcism and, and, and any other media, uh, that you guys could compare this to like uh, I, i'm i'm specifically talking about you know him creating that kind of portal like on on the the patient's you know head and, and, and getting in there and everything Ooh, where you go right into the mindscape um it's not really exorcism but tying it back um to the x-men of uh, mm. a lot of times in the old claremont era Professor X would go into somebody's mindscape and it'd be very similar to this where they're fighting in abstract places with mm -hmm. non-conventional devices. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, a lot of times uh, people are, I don't know how to word it. It's definitely not taking from, but it, maybe it's like that Simpsons effect where where people say the Simpsons predicted this or this already happened on the Simpsons or that that clever South Park episode where they're like the Simpsons already did it for everything. Uh, X Men has just been around so long, you know. So many people have have uh, done stuff with it, and there's been so many tie-in books and everything that uh, if there's anything you can think of, then it's probably been an <laughs> X Men book at some point, which is which is super cool. Uh, uh, obviously, I love the X Men, so I'm okay with that. But um, yeah, this is this story here is just. <clears throat> I'll, I'll give it this. While it was like abstract, it was wacky. It was all over the place, and even I, uh, you know, had some misunderstandings with it. You know, because I was sitting here thinking, you know, that our uh, that our Exorcist was uh, uh, schizophrenic or, or something. It's it's so. What, what what are words you know what, what what can i say about this it's so it's so straightforward that the story just you know kind of begins out of nowhere we we don't get any context for anything there's no exposition in this book it's it's basically like your exposition is on that first page hey uh you're the exorcist that's here to exorcise the the demon out of my dad who has dementia cool like let's do it and then you know it's it's straightforward and it makes it to the end and, and it takes some weird steps along the way because of what's going on inside of his head and everything but it's it's very interesting how like the cat maybe catalyst isn't the right word uh, again you guys correct me you guys are much smarter than i am but uh the the thing that gets this this whole pact going you know it's, it's basically uh our our dementia patient Joe, I think his name is, and he wants to kind of hang on to those memories of his dead wife. Yes, um, he he is uh, struggling to hold on to things of his uh, wife, so he forms a deal, a pact with mm -hmm. um, Corsair in order to create a kind of memory of her in her mind, who is a character in her own right, the memory of Mrs. Morris, um, 
who is actually one of the ones to kind of resolve the conflict. Um, it's ultimately resolved with them to very sadly parting ways um, and him accepting that he has dementia in a way. Yeah. And we have to remember too, you know, dementia is obviously something, you know, it comes like in stages or whatever, like you, you get to the point where it's, it's really bad towards the end and everything I'm assuming you know, he's kind of at like the end of this journey, uh, I, I would guess, but I don't know because of the, uh, the possession and everything. Again, that kind of skews it for me at least, but it seemed like he was kind of like towards the end of his journey, uh, you know, with, with dementia and everything. And, and maybe, you know, after this demon gets exercised and everything, like maybe he, he kind of be ready to go. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you guys read that. Um, but yeah, this is, this is interesting. the, I'm going to say this. One of the most interesting points to me was whether we, you know, whether we love the book, we don't like the book, we're somewhere in between, like whatever that that's all aside. Um, but it's very interesting because you kind of created this character, this almost like uh, better than, than John Constantine type of character, you know, and who could go on these crazy like uh, missions and everything. And it's in like a one shot and then we're done with it. Like it's so wacky. Like, I wonder why this wasn't pitched as like an ongoing, like why I didn't plan on like doing more with this, like what's going on with it. I found that in, this is not something I have like a terrible amount of experience with. So mm -hmm. my impression could be, could be misleading, but like, I found that like, this is something you see quite a bit of on Kickstarter, you know, like yeah. one shot stories, you know, like this, uh, you know, 20 page, 30 page, 40 page, whatever, like one shot story, about this concept and then the, the creator moves on like they they the next project is like a completely different story that's also a one-shot project a one-shot story <laughs> um and maybe that just has to do with like the economic realities of kickstarter and what mm -hmm. can pop what gets funded like maybe like maybe they would maybe lots of kickstarter creators would love to do like you know, mini series, but they just know the like that's just like impossible to get funded. I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, because yeah. this does kind of set up um, for a villain of the week style premise, um, and does leave you with questions for um, the main character. But it's hard to say just how long uh, it will go on for, how long an idea can pan out, because a lot of most of that depends on um, how editorial treats creators and uh, creator burnout in general. Sure. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I guess probably a good thing, you know, they didn't sign uh, Jared to like any type of deal here or anything because that probably wouldn't have been going very well. Uh, you know, probably, probably a good thing that it was a one shot. I wonder if that uh, plays into the fact that the way uh, Scout, you know, kind of acted too, like maybe, um, you know, they have more of a uh, uh, reason to, you know, pay their creators that are doing like ongoings and everything so they can deliver that next issue and stuff. And and they kind of knew like, hey, we can just jerk this guy around. Like we don't need anything else from him. He turned in the material, whatever. <laughs> it's a one shot. Uh, uh, but I, I always love to think of, you know, I obviously love comics. I love the medium and, and all of that. I always like to think of things in terms of like, what else? how could I see this in like another form of media? How would this fare as like a movie, like an animated feature, uh, a series, um, a television show, you know, any of that. And, and that's why I brought that up because I think that this, with the exception of the really fantastical abstract stuff in here, which, you know, would probably cost a lot of money uh, if, if you were to do like some kind of live action thing. Uh, I think this would be a very compelling story like to see on screen. Uh, I think it might explain a little bit more uh, that was left kind of, uh, you know, probably a little bit easier for you guys to understand, but you know, me with my uh, low IQ here, uh, <laughs> didn't, gr didn't grab everything out of the story. So, uh, I, I wonder how it would fare on something like that. Uh, do you guys think this would play well as like a movie or anything? It would, I think, but what it reminded me the most of was like some prose short story, you know, mm -hmm. because in term because it's it's quite short you know yeah um, yeah so it's like it's you know and you, you know it feels like the sort of thing you sometimes see in prose yeah fantasy fiction or you know sci-fi fiction where you know it's like it's a 
it's a one-shot story, but like it it implies like more, you know, like like where the the creator has like the writer in the case of prose, you know, has just like come up with like this like very fascinating character. Uh, but like, you know, they but instead of like doing like a whole like three book series or a whole giant novel about it, you know, they're there's like they just go these dip in and out, you know. It's like and there's there's always implied like conceptual like richness behind it, but the story itself is just like a really short thing implying all that. Yeah, it feels like there's it's something cut out from a bit of a larger world or universe, um, yes. but it is self-contained mostly. Um, it's it's funny you bring up other mediums because this story really reminded me a lot of an audio drama of a similar setup where the main character has to live with a devil um, or a demon in their head that only he can hear. And um, that moves over to, obviously, that only uh, has an audio medium and has no visuals. And it's really interesting to see how it's stylistically um, a bit different because in this you see the uh, captions of the demons in very different um, colored boxes. It kind of shows that they have individual personalities, but in audio things uh, can get a bit messier. Um, the audio levels are harder to balance and things can just sound a bit like droning noise if there's too much of it so it has to be handled with a, a lot more care i would say just with um different individuals speaking over each other but with a book like this you can have a bunch of different things going on at once and that's some of the intent to have it be purposely uh, messy at times well it is nice too that they can you know like you kind of pointed out there they have their individual uh, and I mean, I'm going to call them word balloons. They're not traditional word balloons. They're kind of like that labeled text or whatever, but uh, they each have their individual text. Uh, the, the fonts are like a little off the, you know, they're, they're, the boxes are colored different and everything. So they, they get their own time, you know, uh, to not kind of talk over each other and all of that and, and, and kind of say what they need to say. Uh, and I, I was just thinking when you said that, there was a point in this book where one of the characters, it might've been the, the overall demon, you know, speaking to JC and saying that he has like weaker demons, uh, you know, or, or something to that effect. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess that was kind of wasted on me. That, that must've been where I missed the fact that, uh, you know, he's not the schizophrenic one or whatever, but yeah, just, uh, you know, so, somehow in my mind, you know, that's what, what I was kind of getting out of this. Uh, but it is interesting. The, the beginning of it, you kind of see uh, JC sitting out in that, waiting area and he's got his headphones on and he's really trying to like block out like everything. And then whenever he goes in, he's, uh, you know, kind of encouraging it. It seems like. So my read on it was that he wears the headphones to block out those three voices in his mm -hmm. head. Yeah. So that way, because otherwise it's yeah. constantly be chattering at him. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the ending really um, supports that. Yeah. Where it ends with him just putting on the headphones and uh, cutting off um, the voices and having three other people in your head 24-7 would be extremely stressful. I know one time, yeah. oh, one is more than enough at times. <laughs> um, you would have to have something to just kind of constantly take your mind off it. Right, yeah. I mean, that eternal monologue sometimes is just uh, more than enough. <laughs> I can't imagine having anything else in there. <laughs> one thing that I found interesting was that, you know, they never depict what these other what these other three demons look like, right? You know, there's never for <laughs> a single like panel where like we see like you know some like floating image of them like screaming at him or whatever. It's mm -hmm. you know and because that, that's something that you know could easily have been done. You know, it's obviously the, a deliberate choice not to do it, and I yes. think I think it's an effective choice. I mean, for well, well, first of all, you know, it, it keeps it a bit ambiguous at first about what they are, which I think is the intent, because you're not, we're not supposed to know exactly what's going on at first. We're supposed to gradually realize, oh, you know, this is what's happening. Um, but also, you know, there's this sense where, you know, like, the, it's almost like, you know, any depiction of them would just be, like, disappointing. Because, like, you know, like, the, I, the fact that we have no idea, like, what horrible, like, what, like, horrible, like, appearance they have, you know, that I think that goes a long way, you know, like it, it makes yeah. it all very 
haunting. You know, it, it, it makes this whole situation feel a lot more haunting that we have no idea what what these three demon dudes look like. It's like in a horror movie, you're not showing your monster at the very start. You kind of have them cutting around at the edge of the screen and being blurry until kind of a final lead when there's a reveal. But there's not a reveal for um, these inner demons, which I'm very glad for because I don't think they need. There's maybe some hints where they show... um, uh, Eater is covered in these tattoos that kind of come to life when he asks the voices in his head for some of their power or just weapons to fight with. And there's these stylistic weapons like a skull mace or a tentacle <laughs> sword um, that seem to be kind of demonically influenced, but the actual figures are kept to, well, colored squares. Yep. Yeah, and like like you said, I mean that's something else that I you know kind of forgot to point out there. Whenever he he gets those weapons from those demons or whatever, they're very interesting. It's very it, it's funny, you know. You, you get you get to that point in the book, and you're you know kind of expecting you know some traditional weapons or something for him to be able to fight these demons with, and then he comes up with this really wacky stuff, <laughs> stuff you know you can't even explain. You definitely have to you know crack the book the book open to, to check that out, but. Uh, just really, really weird. Every, every, you know, this whole book, that's, if I had to review it, you know, to somebody else, recommend it to somebody else or whatever, I would say uh, this, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's straightforward enough, um, you know, and, and narratively and all of that, uh, you know, if you're as simple as me, you might uh, miss out on some things and <laughs> the art's really, really good, but it is, it's wacky. Like look at it for the visuals. Definitely. I would I would say you know not to say anything negative of the story or anything like that because I, I do think it's a it's it's a pretty good story and I'd actually like to see more of it I think that there's like a whole universe open to, to tell more stories in this in this world I think that the art outshines the storytelling definitely I think that the art is like the real hero in this book and it's really really good and you know I I, I would I would be fine following this with with no dialogue whatsoever <laughs> it's it's really good. A visual look, uh, really, really good. Um, and you know, again, we're not here for that. Like, we don't have to do like recommendations or anything. I mean, obviously, uh, we all read the book and and we have opinions on it. <clears throat> uh, I do want to talk about the Kickstarter because I just pulled it up here. Uh, you know, just really quick, like kind of before we close out, it had a five thousand dollar goal and they hit eight thousand two hundred fifty five. So you know, they did that goal, and I wonder if that you know kind of helped with the getting scout on board to publish it and all of that. Uh, I wonder, you know, I, I hope there was no lost opportunity here. I hope that, you know, another publisher didn't come to the table and they ended up going with scout for whatever reason and then, <laughs> and then didn't get paid, but uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it sucks, but. I will say, um, as... yeah, go ahead. Go on. No, go ahead. I was wondering if, um, like the, if this was a project where like, you know, like, the, the the scout comics version is like the first version mm-hmm. like the first published version or whether like it's one of those kickstars where you know they they originally released like a self-published version for kicks for the kickstarter backers and then yeah, after they that, that they figured like well we already have this completed comic let's shop it around and see if any publishers will also want to put it out in a more traditional format mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in which and i hope it's a ladder because then he he would have been the creators would have been much less screwed in that situation <laughs> yeah i'm thinking so i mean that's that's what it's looking like here uh it, it looks like there was print copies of the book and everything released to the you know maybe not in local comic book shops or anything but at least given out as as kickstarter rewards or something um there's you know quite a few variants and stuff that that aren't listed online as well that are only on the kickstarter so hopefully you know all that came out and they got paid from all of that uh, i mean it's not you know while it's a, a very successful kickstarter you know they got over eight thousand dollars and only asking for five you know it's it's not one of those crazy ones you know that that people put up and they're asking for i don't know ten thousand dollars and then within like 30 minutes of it being up it's at like a you know, quarter million or something. So uh, that that definitely happens. I mean, you see some of those really big name creators sometimes go on there and do stuff, and and it's funded in seconds. So mm-hmm. Kickstarter is an interesting um, avenue. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, self-publishing uh, can be very difficult, but with how connected we are, it it can be um, sometimes very nice to just put your voice out there to uh, look, look for some fundraising. Uh, yeah. With hearing all the stuff about Scout Comics today, personally, I'm going to be... Uh, bit hesitant when shopping from them or looking at some of the stories with a grain of salt from now on. I'll, I feel I'll have to do a bit more background research whenever I feel like purchasing um, from them, which is important, but it's um, sad to hear uh, just that another comic industry is giving uh, their creators a rough time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, really horrible to hear you know we we never want to hear anything like that you always think you know in this community there's so many awesome creators publishers and all of that there's so many supportive people out there i mean you know just just bringing these creators on the show to talk about their their upcoming books and stuff so supportive of one another so supportive of the industry so supportive of up and coming creators you know giving this solid advice you know that you wouldn't find in and, and, and many other professions, you know, people trying to come in and they're like, yes, do it. Like, come on. Uh, here's all the advice I can give you in the world. You know, uh, so. So, yeah, it sucks whenever you hear something negative like that. But hey, it, it exists. There's shitty people everywhere. So um, hopefully, really, hopefully, you know, Scout is embarrassed by this. They learn from it and they do something uh, to make it better. And then they don't do that again in the future. Uh, I guess that's really all we can hope for, because I, I, I don't know what else. <laughs> Yeah, earlier I was, you know, when you were relating the whole story, I was like surprised by their response, your initial response. Because I was thinking, oh, that's, you know, that's that's nice because like that's better than you usually get in these situations. Like in most of the mm -hmm. stories of this sort, like, you know, the 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 publisher when called out will just like make excuses or yep. just like go radio silent, you know, and you know that they actually like you know addressed it and said yes you know we we screwed up you know it's all on us i, I thought oh okay that's that's, that's refreshing <laughs> but then you know you, you kept on going and like apparently you know that was just words you know that was mm -hmm. that was that was performative so oh, never mind yeah some yeah, it's, damage it's control that. from them <laughs> right they were like let's get some pr pr out there really really quick and uh you know, uh, we still won't make good though. We will make sure that we don't pay anybody for their stuff. But yeah, uh, sad to hear. You know, ho hopefully Jared and, and the team get you know what they deserve from this, and I'm sure they will. But uh, you know, I, I think that'll about wrap it there, uh, Benny. I know you're going to see Dune Part Two. Uh, are you excited about that? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, my favorite giant monsters are sandworms, just because they're simplistic design and. The, the perfect killing machine. They're just a <laughs> big, sharp mouth. So very excited to uh, see that and all the sound effects, um, especially because somebody's treating me to it. <laughs> oh, very cool. Well, that's even better. Not, nothing better than a free movie. Uh, I, I don't know if you got my joke in the Discord about the popcorn bucket. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, I, okay, okay, I might joke. buy the controversial uh, popcorn bucket, um, maybe just as a joke, but uh, depending on how expensive it is, I might get it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, really cool. Um, yeah, I, you'll have to let us know how, how that was. I, I'm excited to uh, hear some reviews about it. You know, uh, just in closing, um, there... I'm sure Dune will will fare very well, like the the first part did, and and all of that. I I would just like to say, and and again, if you guys have your own opinions about this, it's perfectly fine. That's what we're all here for—to have our own opinions and not just you know follow the herd. But there's been so much hate the last like month or so. Uh, Madam Web has been you know the top of what everybody wants to talk about and how horrible of a movie it is and all of this. I I, I hate that because you know I went to the theater and saw it. I actually really liked the movie. It was not a 10 at all. I mean, I didn't expect it to be, but it was a fun movie and, and I really enjoyed it. And I suggest people go out and see it and don't just join that hype, you know, of like, oh, let's just blast this thing because everyone else is saying it's horrible. I mean, you know, people online say things are horrible. That's what they do. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely things about it that could have been a lot better, but there's really enjoyable stuff in there. And it's not a bad movie at all. So um, yeah, form your op own opinion on things. Exactly right. I mean, what ha what happened to that? Like you know, we used to we used to see things, read things, whatever, and say, oh, I like this or I don't like this. 
and and it was part of your personality and and it was a brand you could put on yourself you know or whatever and now it's just like let's follow that herd you know everybody's saying this is bad i want to say it's bad too so yeah i think i think um, part of the problem is like it's now become part of people's personalities you know it's yep. like, this, this is like this is this, you know for a lot of people you know this is what i do i i'm, I'm the guy who, who trashes this thing because yep. because it gets me engagement and you know it, it gets people like it, well, because everybody likes to pile on. That's that's the thing, it's, especially if it's funny or humorous, or you know, if, if it's genuinely clever or witty. Like you know, people love a good pile on. Like, and I feel like every time like you see that sort of thing, like it starts at some point it becomes disingenuous. Even if like initially like the dislike was real, at some point you know it just becomes like you know you, you start at some point you know it's very obvious that you know they're just looking for reasons to to continue to trash this thing. Like I haven't watched Madam Web, but like I see like you know some of the comments online, and you know there are some comments where like it's very very obvious that like this person is like looking to go in here with like they're they're purposely looking at everything through the worst like most negative light possible through mm -hmm. the like through the least charitable interpretation. Like there will be like a, a you know a screen cap of a like a scene or whatever. Is that called screen cap? Is it is is it, is it, there's a screen cap if there's actually motion? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, like they'll, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll just, um, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll post like a small scene from the film and they'll go like, like, oh, look how horrible this is. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's a perfectly like normal, like innocuous scene. Like, yep. like, you're, like your reaction is over top that like, it tells me that you're approaching this from like a point of, of just disingenuousness, you know? Well, yeah, and you have to remember uh, a lot of these people, you know, who, who want to do that pile on, you know, they're the ones who have the superhero fatigue. They're the ones that, you know, are done with Marvel movies, DCU, whatever. Like, uh, they're the ones who, you know, they're the Martin Scorsese fanboys who don't want to see a comic book movie anyways. They're not going to see it. So they just hop online and say it's garbage. Uh, they, they were going to do it, whether it was, you know, something at the level of like uh, Endgame, either way. So so whatever. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, I'm, I'm happy that you're going to see Dune Part 2, Benny, and I hope that it's awesome. And I hope that you really enjoy it. And uh yeah, I, I can't thank you guys enough. This was, uh, you know, Benny, especially, thank you so much for suggesting this book. It was really uh, fun to read, really crazy. Um, I'm going to have nightmares about it for the next, like, week now, so thank you for that. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have was, positive dreams about it, <laughs> I think. Right? Yeah, I hope so. Um, but it was cool. It was a lot of fun, and I, I, I appreciate you bringing it to uh, my attention. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy that we could get on and talk about it. I'm really happy that we could get on and address uh, Scout's shady business and, and get it you know, at least more attention put on it, hopefully, you know, and, and all of our listeners, uh, you guys write a, I don't know, write a mean email to Scout. Stick it to the man. But, <laughs> you tell me they're creators. But, uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys so, so much for, for joining me today to talk about this book. It was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed having both of you on. Right on, right on. Take care, everyone. Great time. Yeah.